Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Laura. And on this week's episode, we are discussing diversity in Harry Potter, specifically the lack of black characters across the story in honor of Black History Month, and so we can recognize the importance of diversity in the stories that we consume, not just with Harry Potter, but elsewhere. And to help us with today's discussion, we are joined by Adriana Redding. Hi, Adriana. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Adriana, but sometimes people on the internet know me as Bippity Bappity Broke. I am a theme park blogger, influencer, um, and I also may have been seen on Harry Potter Tournament of Houses. We didn't just see you. We saw you win. She was- I won! <laughs> in the on the uh, team Hufflepuff, such a fun show. We loved it. We were talking about it for the few for a few weeks on the podcast. Let's let's start with that. So, what was that experience like? That must have been so cool. Oh my goodness! Uh, from the beginning, I was just super excited. Um, you know, there's a there there you know was a whole audition process and all of those fun things uh, to be on the show and going through that. It took months. Um, and when I made it, because it, it, we really didn't know that we had made it onto the show until Helen Mirren called our name. So that is a very real moment wow. of seeing us react wow. um, because, yeah, there's um, there was a potential 24 of us. Um, and so we knew that 12 of us out of the 24 were going to make it um, and the other 12 weren't. So. We didn't know until literally it happened live uh, or, you know, during the recording. And that excitement was it was it was a lot because it was we had just saw the set and it was it was beautiful and it looked like a Hogwarts library. And, you know, the crowd was hyping. You were seeing everybody in your house colors and everybody just wanted to represent their houses so well. And so, like, to get called and to know that you're about to represent your house in front of, you know, thousands, if not millions of people on television. It's a, it's a, it's a lofty uh, thing to take on, but yeah. it was definitely fun. You did Hufflepuff House proud. Thank yes, you so you did. much. Eric is a Hufflepuff. I hope I did my house proud. <sighs> so here is my little piece. Wow. Ooh. She got a trophy, a real trophy. That is so cool. So yeah, it, and it's it says on here, it has my name. It says Harry Potter Tournament of Houses. Um, Adriana Reddy House Puff winner 2021. Wow. Um, so I'm very, very, and this is exactly what the giant trophy um, that they show on TV. This is what it looks like. And then they, you know, uh, did a spell on it and divided it into three equal pieces. So me, Luke, and David could share. <laughs> and we all got our own little piece of uh, the the trophy. That I is amazing. It. Thank you for sharing all that. I, I I thought of auditioning, but then I was thinking about what if I did, like, let's say it was extremely unlikely, but let's say I do get to compete on the show. If I failed answering some of the questions, I would be so embarrassed. So that alone stopped me from even thinking of auditioning. So honestly, I've heard so many people say that, um, you know, especially people who are like, been a part of the you know grew up with harry been a part of the fandom for 20 years you know more than 20 years because the books came out more than 20 years ago but that's what the show was celebrating the 20-year anniversary of um philosopher's stone and 
I I think that for me personally, it was it was more it was pressure uh, because I was the newbie. I was the person you know who hadn't grew up with mm. Harry Potter, but I also didn't feel that insane pressure like you felt. Um, somebody you know, if I had a, a podcast that was solely about Harry exactly. Potter, I would think. <laughs> Everybody, you know, would know that think that I know every single thing. And so I kind of felt like, oh, well, I don't have that pressure. I have pressure because I have social media and people, you know, I don't want to go on this show and like make a fool of myself. Um, But also I was like, I'm just going to go and have fun. So I can totally understand you being like, that would just be too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, your position makes a lot of sense being newer. So you mentioned that you were newer. How, How long ago did you get into Harry Potter? I watched Harry Potter when it first came out 20 years ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody did a big part of pop culture, but I never, it never really stuck with me. I never read the books. I had only seen really up to movie number three. Um, so I I wasn't like a huge Harry Potter fan, but I do really, I love Disney and I love um, sci-fi and I love the concept of magic in itself. And so I really wanted to get into Harry Potter and I had kept saying, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. And I never, but it's like, it's a lofty thing to like pick up. It's seven books. It's eight movies. It's a huge fandom and a huge universe to navigate. Um, And then in 2019, my mom passed away and I, I just kind of was in this hole of like, I didn't really believe in the magic anymore. I didn't really like, you know, have a lot of things that I was excited about. And I was like, I just need to throw myself into something and let something consume me. And so I started reading Harry Potter Um, and I finished all seven books in about three months. And then I started, you know, watching the movies again and really getting into it. And then when quarantine started, Um, Some of my friends were like, let's start a, you know, a Black Harry Potter book club. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Like, I want to I want to be in a book club. So then that was my second time going through it and reading it. And it was just such a fun experience to, like, do this with other people during a time where, like, there wasn't really we didn't know what was going on in the world. Um, And to, you know, come and do that every every week. Um, It was really fun. And so and then, you know. I got the call for the show and they're like, hey, do you think you'd want to be a part? Because I I was so much Hufflepuff. Like once I got into it, I was like Hufflepuff down to the socks. Um, so <laughs> Nice. Yeah, absolutely. So on my social media, you can see like I'm the Hufflepuff girl. Um, people know. And so when they they're like, you want to do this? And I was like, trivia? I don't I don't think I know everything, but I can try. Yeah. Oh, that's that's an incredible story. Well, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on. And Adriana, your username on social media is bibbity bobbity broke underscore broke. And we'll have links in the uh, show notes of today's episode. And of course, we'll we'll tag you on social media, too. So everybody can easily find you. Your your social media is such a joy, by the way, your Instagram. I'm just like living for it, it really uh, especially that Dunkin Donuts post, because I'm a big Dunkin Donuts fan. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts girl. You are in good company. We are Dunkin' lovers here. (laughs) Well, as we dive into today's discussion, we wanted to ask about your relationship with the core Harry Potter books through the lens of representation. We've all spoken about the ways in which we see ourselves represented in these books. And we also know that there is room in this franchise to improve on representation of non-white characters. 
Could you speak to the impact of consuming a piece of popular media that contains characters who look like you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think one of the amazing things about being a part of a fandom or being a part of a fandom that is fantasy, um, you can kind of see yourself in a lot of different characters. Um, And when it's fantasy, you can kind of suspend uh, belief and you can I can almost see like a little bit of myself in each character it's not so much about them about their individual color uh, but at the same time it is um, so it's like when you first consume it you can kind of let those things go when you're like yeah I just really want to get into the story but then once you really become a fan you do really want to see yourself uh, represented within these characters and that was one of the things that I was very weary about when I first started reading Harry Potter because I had only really seen, uh, you know, two and a half movies. And, you know, so originally the first book we we get, Lee Jordan is the first person of color we see, um, you know, in one of the the first, you know, very first chapters, uh, first couple of chapters, we were introduced to Lee Jordan. It's very obvious that he's Black. They talk about his dreadlocks and they, you know, talk about how he's friends with Fred and George. And so, okay, I'm like, okay, there's a character. Uh, But then we don't really get him a lot. Then we get, you know, Dean Thomas and we get pieces here and there. So every character um, of color or every Black character specifically, you don't get a lot of, of them. And I think that's where the missed opportunity is because, um, if we're going to be honest about it, these are very well, every character in Harry Potter is so very well-rounded. It is a full thought of character uh, with the backstory and it gives us little inklings of that backstory. And it's like why we we just want more and we they, they could have been featured in such an impactful way. More specifically, I think about like Kingsley Shackleball a lot. Um, as a character that just could have been so much more than he actually was. He's obviously someone of, of uh, you know, of standing in the wizarding world. Um, they talk about him being part of, you know, the Sacred 28. He has like such a, uh, a well-known wizarding world name. He's pure blood. And they don't, uh, they just give us like little quips, you know, like, you know, the black person comes in and they're funny or they're witty. Um and it's like, we want more. We want to be a part of the story as well. Yeah. And to this point, I thought we could run through the non-white, somewhat prominent characters in the original Harry Potter books. Because exactly what you're saying, there aren't many Black characters or people of color. And where there are, they have very small roles. Or they have those, you know, witty lines. Yeah. So Dean Thomas, Cho Chang... Padma and Parvati Patel, Kingsley Shacklebolt, Lee Jordan, Angelina Johnson, Blaze Zabini. Uh, five of those characters are black. And all the lead characters are white in the Harry Potter books. And all people in leadership type roles, save for Kingsley, are white as well. It's just a very noticeable issue with these books. And some people say, well, during the 90s, there weren't as many Black people over in the UK. And I actually did look at some census data. In 1991, uh, 7% of the population in England and Wales was non-white. This figure did grow to 14% in 2011. So some people try to make that argument that, you know, because England and the UK weren't 
black, the books weren't going to be either. On the other hand, (laughs) it's a fantasy series. Everything is possible. I think everything is possible, but also, like, I cannot believe that in your daily, everybody sees people of color in their daily life. Everybody sees Black people in their daily life every single day. So for you to be like, oh, well, like, you know, that's just, you know, indicative of the, the type of people that were around at that time is a complete and total lie. And it's an excuse that people use in order to uh, get away with or just dismiss not having a diverse set of characters or having the diversity, but they're uh, smaller roles. They're not, you know, intricate to the storyline. It's definitely an excuse and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's naivety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always find this argument funny when people want to go the route of saying it was just a different time as though black people didn't exist in the 90s. <laughs> 20 years we ago. Just popped right. Up. We just popped up, yeah, and then people were like, "Oh, you you do exist." No, I, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there, I I consume so much pop culture, and I consume so many different fandoms. Like, you know, I remember when Heart, the Harder They Fall came out, and people were like, "There, why why are we making cowboys black? Cowboys weren't black." And I'm like, "Did you think that in the world of all the cowboys, there wasn't?" a couple black cowboys or maybe more than you thought of. And do you know what? History was written predominantly by white people. So, you know, they might've left out a lot. Mm -hmm. So I just don't, I don't buy that argument at all. And I do think it's an excuse. And, and it's, it's, it's just weird. So like even hear people say it out loud, you'd be like, "Mm, yeah, is that what you really think? You know, I think that it's, (laughs) It's possible to accept multiple truths here and say we love Harry Potter. Harry Potter had, you know, an immense impact on all of us in one way or another. But it can also be true that the author is a white woman and likely grew up around and socialized mostly with white people. And due to that, she wrote what she knew or maybe was most comfortable with. But just yeah, because absolutely. just because of that does not mean that we can't critique the series and say, this is a fandom that has not died out. It's a fandom that is living on. And if we're looking at expanding the fandom, whether it's through plays, whether it's through the Fantastic Beasts franchise, whether it's through perhaps rebooting the Harry Potter series as a TV show, which I know we would all love. There is enormous room in there to sort of tell that story through a lens of better representation of the world as it really looks. Absolutely. And I think um, I don't I don't I want to I don't want to get too too far off of, you know, a topic of just the books. But I do think there is something to be said about, OK, well, how do we fix that now? Mm, you know, yeah. like we can always sit, sit around and critique what isn't there. But like now that we're aware of it and now that it's like what's being done. Um, and so the the show um, Harry Potter Tournament of Houses was a great opportunity. And I the the blogs and the the um twitter and people's uh reactions were going crazy and and i do think a lot of people uh were saw the diversity in the show um some people might have not liked it i've seen quite a few 
uh, comments about, you know, the diversity in the show and people not accepting it. What? Um, or people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to call a spade a spade. Uh, there's well, I'm definitely... glad you're calling it out. I'm just shocked that people actually <laughs> said that. Oh, yeah. There's definitely pushback. Um, and I, I understand that the internet is an ugly place and you can, you people feel real brave behind a keyboard. Um, but I've seen comments that was like, oh, it's obvious that these aren't real fans, that they're, mm. um, that, that the show was just, yeah. My God. That wow. the show is giving. Get playing the diversity card. Uh, I don't under. I yeah, it's all good for you know more diversity, but like give us real Harry Potter fans. Mm-hmm. I do want to say the the producers of the show. The show uh, was amazing. I'm not just saying it because I was on it. I'm saying that <laughs> there, there was an effort. Right. I'm like send a you. Watch this it. is genuine. Uh, I might yeah. have a trophy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was definitely effort made to make sure that everyone felt represented and that their teams represented um, more than just white people. Um, and I, I, like I said, it got pushed back, but it, the show is very, very diverse. And so that's yeah. one of the opportunities that people took in order to uh, make show the true, true diversity of the fandom, even though the stories lack that sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I think in a way that th- this was kind of Wizarding World Inc.'s chance to start diversifying Harry Potter. We'll touch on diversity and Fantastic Beasts in a little bit. But I think we actually noted this on MuggleCast when we first started talking about the trivia show, that it was refreshingly diverse. I mean, as a gay person myself, finally seeing uh, somebody gay involved with Harry Potter in official capacity was like, oh, yeah, about time. <laughs> There was two very, I love Luke and Annie. I love them both very much. Um, were two contestants on Harry Potter Tournament of Houses that were openly gay and, and talked about it and talked about how, um, you know, being gay and what Harry Potter meant to them. And I just felt like it was such a refreshing moment to see that and to feel that everyone felt represented. And, and you know, even age groups, there wasn't just, you know, 30 somethings who love Harry Potter that uh, David is 77. Yeah. You know, Sophia so is 15. Yeah. Like it was just, it was so broad. It just showed how that any and everyone um, can be a Harry Potter fan and needs to be shown. Because if we don't see ourselves, we don't know what, what it is that we can really do. You never, people can't ascend to the, their highest self if they don't see themselves represented in, in social media and media and in, in movies and books and, you know, and everything. Yeah. Amen. I mean, as a fandom and I love this fandom, um, but we can talk about how Hogwarts welcomes everyone home. But in order for that to be true, we have to be welcoming to everyone. Um, so that's why I'm really glad that you called out some of the social media responses you saw um, with regard to, you know, some less than desirable opinions about the casting in Tournament of Houses, because there's just not room, in my opinion, for that kind of attitude in this fandom. Um, we really, at on this show, I know all the major fan sites, the major podcasts, the last couple of years in particular, there has been a lot of conversation about the importance of making this fandom inclusive for everyone. 
And it's a great reminder that everyone means everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Every single person, absolutely. I'm proud to love something that reaches so many people from so many different backgrounds. The more people that like something that I like, the more affirmed I am in that. Yeah, that is a really good high quality story too, that it can reach so many different people, appeal to so many different people. In spite of its like self. Yeah. So I know, Adriana, one uh, thing that uh, I was excited to talk to you talk to you about was the recasting of Lavender Brown because we were talking about this the other day, and you said this really bothers you, and this this was a real issue with the movies. So the role of Lavender Brown was originally played by a black actress in Chamber of Secrets. Her name was Kathleen Cully, and then in Prisoner of Azkaban, she was played by another black actress, Jennifer Smith. But then the role went to Jessie Cave, a white actress in Half-Blood Prince. What the heck happened there? I I think we can assume that she went from being played by two black actresses to a white actress when they needed to make Lavender Ron's love interest. And they said, oh, God forbid we have Ron interested in a black girl. Uh, people couldn't wouldn't be able to handle it. They whitewashed the character. They absolutely whitewashed the character. And I like I said, I'm not the 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 I cannot pull out every tidbit about Harry Potter ever. But I do. I really want to know whether it was OK. So this character's name, Lavender Brown. Mm, this is a I. I, we could take this and make it more diverse. Lavender Brown sounds like a black name. We just gonna call it call it what it is. Um, and they cast it a black actress twice. Um, and I know Harry Potter is very specific about keeping the actors the same. Um, and so whatever happened with the first actor, they still recasted another black actress. And then I don't know whether it was that when they got the text. They were like, oh, okay, this character, the way they described this character, whoops, we made a mistake and this character is black, let's change her to white. Or was it, you know, really, well, you know, we don't know how people are going to react to Ron having a black love interest, so let's just make her white. I want to know really like what the difference was. And also, even if it was the first thing where it was like, okay, oh, we read, we didn't, we didn't get to this book yet and we realized that this character is white and we made her black. Why couldn't you just run with it? Yeah, Great question. You, what was wrong with just keeping? Because that's the thing in Harry Potter. They keep all yes. of the actors the same yes. unless there is an issue. Like, you know, they just can't do it anymore. So or why like are in jail. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, right. Right. Or, or are in jail. And also, is it that the the actress that is played by Lavender Brown um, at that time, is she, is she not what? is conventionally pretty because it is a dark-skinned um black black girl that plays lavender brown is it is it too much is she not you know uh eurocentric enough i really want to know what it is but it really makes me upset because i feel like that was such an opportunity that they could have took to take a character who was not black or that they thought wasn't black and to keep her black and add that diversity because i would have loved wawan you know yeah (laughs) i would have loved I would have loved hearing that come like that even sounds like something a black girl would say. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know about this until this until we started preparing for this episode. It is it really seems damning. Also, consider this is not 1997, 1998 when the first books are coming out. This is 2002, 2003. 
2005, we were talking about diversity being an ever, you know, forward moving momentum thing to make to, for them to have made that decision when the sixth film was coming out. That is a heck of a lot of a even a just different conversation in general in in origin than you're talking about with the books. And the Half Blood Prince movie came out in 2009. So, that, you know, there's even less of an excuse. And you know what's ironic, of course, you know, they make... Black people existed in 2009. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Adriana has confirmed it. Thank you. We're, we're reporting this to CNN now and all the other news outlets. <laughs> Associated Press, are you listening? Um, what's ironic, of course, is that they did eventually make Hermione black for The Cursed Child, which was amazing. But that's Ron being with Hermione who was black. So he does end up being with a black girl anyway. It's- that's an interesting point. It yeah. is indeed. Also, um, George ends up with a, with a black girl as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Angelina Johnson. Mm-hmm. So what were they afraid of? <laughs> so many opportunities that are just missed um, in Harry Potter, in the books and in the films. And I think going forward in the films, like we like we said, Fantastic Beasts really has an opportunity to knock it out the park. Um, and I, I think they we just the fans deserve to get what they want. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, when I think about this case with, you know, the recasting and sort of giving this role to Jesse Cave, no hate towards her. No. She was great in the role. Great actress. Um, But it also makes me wonder about what level of sort of unconscious bias was at play here that someone somewhere was like, Oh yeah, Jesse's perfect for this, and nobody thought to point out. But <laughs> she used to be black. Why twice? Why are we changing this? Yeah. Oh, you know they <laughs> thought it though. I I'm not gonna pretend that they like. Oops, we forgot she was black in the in uh, Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban. They knew, and they didn't want to put Ron with a black girl on screen. Uh, because they were afraid of some sort of backlash or something. And it's extremely unfortunate, but I'm willing to bet that that's what happened. I just, it, we've talked about this at length in our book club. Um, and so this is just one of the hot topics where I'm just like, I don't understand the reasoning. And it would have just, it would have played so well on screen uh, because yeah. she's such a funny character too. And like, she's not, She's not a character that, like, you know, it's going to even be a rap. Well, she's a rap. But she's, like, not, a, you know, a main character. She comes in for a moment, and she has her moment, and you love her. Um, and then she kind of, you know, fades into the background with the other kids for the rest of the time. Right. Okay, so continuing on, Eric, I know you wanted to bring up a point about Dean. I want to talk about Dean Thomas specifically, because we talked about his backstory. And, you know, J.K. Rowling has this comprehensive backstory for all of her characters. And I was reminded, actually, that J.K. Rowling talked about Dean having this extensive backstory that she had written down. I think it was like the classic napkins type story where she's like writing out furiously like his whole backstory. She did eventually address this on her own website. uh, And I found a quote here now sort of as a a lead into this. I'm wondering if it was better or worse that we did never get this Dean Thomas backstory. So what she said is I had a lot of background on Dean, though I had never found the right place to use it. His story was included in an early draft of Chamber of Secrets, but then cut by me because it felt like an unnecessary digression. Now, I don't think his history will ever make it into the books. 
Dean is from what he always thought was a pure muggle background. He has been raised by his mother and his stepfather. His father walked out on the family when Dean was very young. Naturally, when the letter came from Hogwarts, Dean's mother wondered whether his father might have been a wizard, but nobody has ever discovered the truth that Dean's father, who never told his wife that he was uh, what he was because he wanted to protect her, got himself killed by Death Eaters when he refused to join them. And that was J.K. Rowling's own words on it. So you have a hero dad who dies doing the right thing, right? Death Eaters, no way, I'm not joining you. But in this backstory, if it made it into the books, you have a black character, one of the series' only black characters, having an absent father. And I'm like, that perpetuates its own kind of stereotype. So, so what do we, you know, what do we think about this? Like, in general, if Dean Thomas was a bigger character and he had this backstory, I feel like we could look over it being so like haphazard. Um, but because he's a, such a small character. If we would have got this weird backstory of like, and his father really was a hero, but his father walked out on the kid. And it's just like, wh- everybody has two parents in in Hogwarts, every single person. And like a mother and a father. So like, why is the black kid the only one without a mother and a father? Well, he does have a stepfather, she says, but still it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, bro- right, ex- exactly. broken family kind of thing. It's like, why is that kid the one? And then, them? okay, so if we're, if we're really going to go there, like, to think like, oh, it's never going to make it in, um, or there was, it felt like it was a weird digression. Seamus Finnegan tells us his whole family story over breakfast. I know, that's what I was <laughs> thinking. We hear, we get so much exposition on ancillary characters' background stories why did it feel like Dean's was not relevant? Interesting. So, uh, according to this was reportedly reportedly it was Neville's backstory that pushed out Dean's. And like you can understand with the Harry prophecy thing why that became the more central winning plot backstory. Um, but at the same time, because of the extensive work J.K. Rowling does, again, I don't think we're calling her racist. I think that there's a lot of missed opportunity in terms of representation and equality with what we were given in Harry Potter to be even more looking at it. Now we can look back and say, this could have been better or this was omitted and possibly should not have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I would like to go on record for me personally. Um, Jake, she who shall not be named is a lot of things, <laughs> but I do not think racist is one of the things I would consider her. Uh-huh. Um, I just think, like like Laura, uh, Laura said earlier, it is a bias. It's an unconscious bias. Um, and now that we're aware of it, it just needs to be addressed and fixed. Agreed. Right. Love it. That, Agreed with that. The acknowledgement of it, the the recognition of it, and then doing the work to make progress is what this is about. I don't think anyone here is, you know coming on this panel to say, I think J.K. Rowling is a racist. Um, It's more about a lot of people have unconscious bias and a lot of people have blind spots that they are not aware of. And I think this is one of them, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially at the time these books were written. Maybe, you know, things are different now, maybe. And we'll see this when we get into some of the more diverse casting for Fantastic Beasts, maybe there has been work done to improve on this, but it's still totally valid to point out that 
this is a, a valid critique of these books. A hundred and ten percent. And I hope I'm am I saying it uh Kuma from um I'm probably saying his name wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm saying it wrong. And Fantastic Beast. Um Oh uh Yusuf Kama? Yeah, there Kama. We go. Ooh, I was like, Kuma, what's that? Yusuf <laughs> Kama. Um I think I hope that they're going to give us more of his backstory because even in the preview, they're like someone from a very old wizardy family. I'm like, okay, I know that's him, but so I hope that they give us what, you know, what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like Lita Zoe played by Zoe Kravitz. Excellent role. I would love to see more there. Um, we also, I, they did lead a dirty. Well, yes. they did. Yeah, they I did. know. And it doesn't seem like she'll be in the third, but I feel like the door may have been left open. I think she may have said she might come back. I don't know. Um, uh, we can see her in Batman next month. I was going to say she was too busy <laughs> filming Batman. So that's why she's not <laughs> WB in the third. was like, come to Batman. This franchise is going a lot better than Fantastic Beasts. Um, but while we're on the subject of Fantastic Beasts, just to bring up a, uh, a look at how maybe they're trying to diversify, Claudia Kim was cast as Nagini. This is a South Korean actress. Of, uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of backlash around this too, uh, because you're having one of the one of very few people of color playing a character who is cursed and becomes a slave to Voldemort. It's not a good look. It's not a good look, and also it's like another instance of a person of color not being a human which is a constant theme in pop culture uh it's like turn us into frogs or blobs or snakes right <laughs> i can name the recent movies that came out where that same thing just happened that you just mm-hmm. mentioned and it's like yeah what are we what are we doing here why do we why does this keep happening yeah and nobody's nobody's pointing out that it's weird like and it just it continues to happen over and over and over even when soul came out we were like transforming again come on pixar you can do better than that (laughs) you're pixar damn (laughs) well it just makes you wonder who's in the room when these concepts are being conceived exactly and and we're not in the room yeah i mean if you look at cedar senior leadership of um pixar and disney alone it's a very white picture but one character i think objectively we can say you know great casting all that serafina pickery who's mm. funko i think you actually yeah! have behind you yeah <laughs> so she's the minister of magic at makuza so that was exciting to see and then of course hermione in the cursed child now played by black actresses she's the minister for magic at england's ministry of magic so that's all great but i think we're on agreement that they haven't gone far enough with fantastic beasts yeah. yeah. So when Fantastic Beasts first came out, there was a big backlash about it uh, being even more white than Harry Potter in general. Because even in Harry Potter, you get a lot of background characters um, and side characters. So side and background characters who are of color. Like if you watch Harry Potter, you can count at least two or three black people or people of color on the screen at all times, unless it's just the trio. Um, so. And, and Fantastic Beasts, you cannot. Right. Um, uh, everybody white. Uh, so at least the first Fantastic Beasts. So I think once the first Fantastic Beasts came out, people were like, oh, okay, let's let's try to fix that and add some more to it. And I think with this, uh, with Crimes of Grindelwald, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings and opinions. And I hope that we get the diversity 
that that we deserve. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see more than just Serafina um, and Yusuf. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for Jessica Williams. Oh yeah, yes. I love her. Lily Hicks, yep. an Ilverwardy professor. Yeah, that'll be great. I think we did. We get a couple glimpses of her in the trailer. We did. I think. Yeah, yeah. one of the group that's going to be traveling around and right. um, paired with the heroes. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah, we did. We got we got um, glimpses of her in the trailer, and she's an amazing actress, and I, and I love her. And I saw, her, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so cool. And she has also said she is a huge, huge Harry Potter fan. So, and you don't see that too often with the actors like coming out and being like, I'm a diehard Harry Potter fan. Like Ivana Lynch, Luna Lovegood, um, diehard Harry Potter, unapologetic. I, I get the same impression uh, from Jessica Williams. So I can't wait to see her in a Wizarding World role. Plus, like, if you've, you know, I think all of us have followed her career to some extent, but like, I remember back when she was on The Daily Show, she was one of my favorite correspondents. And I remember hearing that she was a huge Harry Potter fan. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Cause I already love her. So it made me love her more. And then hearing that she was going to be in this franchise was just like, oh, that's just spot on. It's perfect. I can't wait to see yeah. her. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. Jumping back to Cursed Child, um, around the time that Noma Dumaswani's casting was announced for the role of Hermione in Cursed Child, J.K. Rowling implied that the casting of Hermione, um, or around that time, that Hermione was not written as explicitly white. I think her tweet said something along the lines as Hermione's described as having brown eyes and bushy hair. And she kind of included a winky face as though to say, like, I never said she was white. <laughs> and unfortunately, people had feelings and reactions to that we all remember. But I do know from being on this podcast over the years, from speaking to others in the fandom, that that has been a headcanon for people for quite some time, long before The Cursed Child came out, that Hermione could be read as a Black character. And I'm wondering if we think there are any other characters that are like Hermione in this respect that can be read through a different lens and not seen as white. So I don't think that she wrote her as a Black character or could be a Black character. I 100% think that Hermione is her. Um, it's, it's JK. And she's like, I mean, oh. she could be. Um, so it's like, we can, we can take that and say, sure, she could be, but she wrote herself vaguely because she's hurt. You always insert yourself into, to a story. And it's very obvious that Hermione is her. Um, but I do like that she could be recasted as a black character. And a lot of people, yeah, had canon. A lot of people saw Hermione even reading, um, you know, for the first time and you know being familiar with Emma Watson being um Hermione I still could kind of see where Hermione could be black they talk about her you know being tan a lot they talk about her uh you know curly hair they talk about her brown eyes um and but also in literature they people do this really weird thing that I wish that they would stop doing which is when a character is black they won't just say that the character is black Mm-hmm. They'll like use other words to describe black. And I'm like, that's weird. Just say black. Cause like it's not black isn't a bad word, <laughs> you know? Um, so I just I 
I, but I do enjoy, uh, and I'm going to see Curse Child. Thank you, winning from the show. Um, I am going to go see Curse Child in New York, so um, I will be very excited to see um, this Hermione. Oh, I'm That's so awesome. excited for you. I know on a, a previous show, this has probably been a year and a half ago or so, we did uh, kind of talk about our headcanon recasting of characters if a TV show were to happen. And someone who always stuck out to me as somebody who I would love to see playing the role of McGonagall is Viola Davis. I just feel like she could embody that character so well And when I think about McGonagall's character in the books, to me, I think that 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 is a a perception that's a reading that I could have of the book. Like I could see McGonagall not being explicitly white. Like there's so much room for several of the characters to look different than I think the kind of default setting that we're given through the early books provides us. I I 100% can see Viola Davis as McGonagall. Um, I guess my my head canon of characters that could possibly be black or be recasted as black. Um, go ahead and do the whole Weasley family. Whole oh. Weasley family. Black people can black people can have red hair all day long. Yes, they can. So for whatever reason, black people really do feel kin to the Weasleys like Hmm. everything about the Weasleys is so fun and my boyfriend always jokes all the time that like he's like that's my family I'm a Weasley um and so like I feel like we could just redo the entire Weasley family as as a black family I would love that (laughs) that's amazing I love that idea so you know thinking about sort of what the core books represent and the opportunity that exists to diversify this franchise I'm curious if you think that a lack of representation in the stories could have an impact on a diverse audience's connection to the story. 110%. I think if you don't if you don't see yourself, you don't think something is for you. Um I don't think that black people specifically people of color um not so much in Asian culture, but I feel like black people have never really seen themselves be magical, you know? Um, I feel like we all our lives we've been told, you know, as children, and you're, you're a girl and you like princesses, black girls can't be princesses. We hear, that's the number one of kids being like, well, you can't be a princess because you're black. And you're just like, who, who told you that? Um, so I think that if there was more representation in Harry Potter, 110%, you would see more um more diversity in the fandom and I think it's becoming not a new thing but it's more prominent now of black people coming up and being like I've I've always been a Harry Potter fan I'm a huge Harry Potter fan um and I think this weird misconception that black people don't aren't nerdy and don't like fandoms um is it's it's it is a misconception because there's so many like I grew up and my my all, my cousins loved comic books and had crates and crates and crates of comic books and were into video games and anime and and it it was just a part of life. And so when like you're like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm a hustle. like I I did something recently and somebody was like, uh, I gave them my phone to take a picture and they didn't realize whose phone it was and it was like, oh, is somebody a Harry Potter fan? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's me. Uh, and they're like, oh cool, I'm a Slytherin. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a <laughs> it was like the surprise in their in their eyes, and I'm like, 
Why did why do you think you did think they I gave can't the like phone back? Daughter? A decidedly unslytherin trait. <laughs> Uh, they gave the phone back. Um, and sometimes, like, when, when people find out that I'm a Harry Potter fan, I try not to slight flex. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, they're like, oh, like, cool. Uh, and, like, they'll start talking about, like, their their love of fandoms and whatnot or, like, their love of Harry Potter. And, like, I, I want to resist the urge to be like, yeah, now I, I was on a Harry Potter TV show and I want it. <laughs> you should. Like, you know, it's like, I'm the real deal. You want me to blow your mind? I can really blow your mind yeah. right now. I, <laughs> I love that. Hear that loud and proud. I do kind of get shy about it sometimes because I don't, like, ever want to, like, feel braggy especially in like the wizardy world uh but like when i'm there with my boyfriend he's very much like oh did you see the show and they're like what, what? you gotta <laughs> have a wingman like that that's fancy you should yeah. we could you gotta get a shirt that says watch me now on hbo max like yeah i was just gonna HBO say max. that so you yeah. don't have to tell people they can just read your shirt and be like oh okay cool yeah he's totally my hype man but no to bring it back to um if if people see themselves represented, um, they'll be more into it. So I have a really fun story. When we, um, on celebration happened at Universal about two, two, three weeks ago. Um, and a lot of people from the show, it was the last week of January. A lot of people from the show got together and we all went to the Wizarding World. Um, and it was one of our first, because it was such a big event. Um, it was one of our first times like all being out together and, I do get recognized sometimes um, because like my hair is the same, but like this time we got recognized more because there was just people who are more aware there. And also we all had on our sweaters. Um, so like we look like we looked on TV, uh, but anyway, long story short, people were coming up to us. Uh, a lot of kids coming up to us. Oh my gosh, I was trying to show it was fun. Um, but it kind of caused not a huge commotion, but a little bit of commotion. Um, I was walking uh, out of Wizarding World and a whole Black family walked up to me and they were like, hey, what TV show were you on? And I was like, oh yeah, it's called Harry Potter Tournament of Houses. And they were like, yeah, we want to we wanna watch it because like, we didn't know that like, we- <laughs> Like, you know, like, we didn't know we was on it. I'm like, yeah. I was- and I, my friend Alex, Alex was one of the 24 uh contestant she didn't make it on the show she's a wonderful wonderful person she like was itching to like tell them she's like you you haven't seen it oh you gotta watch like it's like she wanted to tell them so bad and she was <laughs> no oh my gosh like, Let me surprise. Yeah. yeah imagine their imagine their reaction when they're at home in their living room and you win <laughs> amazing <laughs> why didn't we get a picture with her darn it <laughs> right like that's so like even like you know i like i have a social media following like even like my my followers um who aren't hufflepuffs like they're like i've never rooted for hufflepuffs so hard and like <laughs> like they were like we were just so excited to see you on the show but like to see that you like actually won and i had to hold that secret for months yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> i was gonna say that must have been tough you know and speaking it was of, very hard speaking of like representation and normalizing uh this show is very helpful for normalizing hufflepuffs because hufflepuffs always get a bad rap and yeah. and look at you guys now you're the winners <laughs> no that that made it that made it feel even sweeter yeah because like no one expected the Hufflepuffs to win, like, and 
And there's a point in like my vlog where we're like getting ready. It's like right after uh, the first episode and we're getting ready to like do promo shots. Um, it's like six o'clock in the morning. We're trying to like hype ourselves up. And I like turn the camera to Luke and he goes, we're doing it for the puffs. And like, that is like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, we are. We're doing it for the puffs. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. So I love that. I love the energy. Well, speaking of, and just getting back to something from a few minutes ago, Adriana, you said that others thought that Harry Potter wasn't for Black people or pop culture wasn't for Black people because they're not represented. And maybe these white people would actually realize that Black people are into it, too, if they actually saw Black people in these stories. So that's another reason why I think it's important to actually have lots of diversity in these stories. I think that's that is I think that's one of the big things um, is that when people are surprised that, you know, black people like Harry Potter or Star Wars or different fandoms, um, you hit the nail on the head. It's because they we aren't represented in these things. And like if you never see yourself, you never know that you could do it. And 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 it's such an opposite feeling because I how how do I tell you? Well, you don't you don't think that I like this because you've never seen someone like me like this. And what is it like to have never, not ever not seen yourself? Like everybody is white. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you watch a, 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 a sci-fi, the hero is all, any movies, the hero is always white. Sometimes it's a white woman. <laughs> Sometimes it's a white man. But the majority of the heroes are always white and the side characters are always white. Um, so it's like, if we had more representation, people wouldn't be so surprised and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny to push back on people who, you know, perhaps they're well intentioned and they just don't understand the importance of representation. But I can just speak for myself here and say I started reading Harry Potter when I was 11. And as a little white girl, I saw myself represented in those books quite a bit. And if you, encourage people to put themselves in someone else's shoes and think about how would you have felt as an 11 year old as a child, if you were reading this series that you loved, but you didn't see anyone or you only saw very few glimpses of people who looked like you. Yes. It's a different experience. There's something to be said about it where when we see kids dressed up in the wizard to this day i i get teary-eyed when i see kids dressed up in the wizarding world and they're they look like me i i wish that when i was nine or ten or eleven that i had this connection to this book that i could you know cosplay and dress up and do all of those things but i didn't think i also didn't think those things were for me because i didn't see myself represented as well so it's just like I feel like it was a, it's a missed opportunity for, and it's a not so much a missed opportunity for other people, but also like for the person who's consuming it, you know, like I would have really liked those things too. I would have liked to have those experiences. Um, but you know, now, now I'm an adult and I can afford to do it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got that disposable income. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody can tell me I can have seven butter beers if I want. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to tell me it's too much sugar. <laughs> exactly. Until I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adriana, turning our attention back to our discussion with you today, I assume one big aspect of being in the Harry Potter fandom for you has been the community you've found here, right? And meeting fellow Black Harry Potter fans? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I got into Harry Potter when, when my mom passed away. Um, a, a lot of the story does resonate with me um, with, you know, dealing with grief. I didn't realize that the story was about, you know, him. He literally has to relive the death of his parents every book um, and learn how to, to deal with that. And so reading it and and grieving and learning um, how to get over my grief through Harry Potter and then finding a group of people um, who like what I liked as well. Um, and it wasn't, there's there's a Black Disney community as well. And so it was already like, I was already a part of the Black Disney community. And so then when we, I got into Harry Potter and we, I found, I'm like, okay, we y'all like Disney, y'all like Harry Potter too. And so we all got together and it was, it was, it was a great experience. And we all have our own little backstory. Everybody has their own original character, but we all have our own little backstories of like where we fit in the story, yeah. you know, where was, what was we doing when Harry was, you know, caught the snitch? <laughs> uh, you know, there, is there a black student union? You know, are the, the girls doing a little cheer on the sidelines, you know? I love that. Can we like? Can we just make that a thing in the TV show? Whenever <laughs> yeah, the time yes. comes, I, we're gonna have a big list of requests. Absolutely, there one hundred percent needs to be a black student union. Like <laughs> there, there's an, in every college, so it might, right. it might as well happen. Yeah, really, at, you know, at Hogwarts. <laughs> and by the way, in the next week or so, we're gonna have a post on our social media channels highlighting some Black Harry Potter content creators, including Adriana, of course, but also uh, Bradley Bakes. Uh, we actually had him on the show last March. We had a great interview with him on um, his YouTube channel, what he's doing. Uh, we're also going to be featuring uh, Nikki of It's Darling Nikki, Trey, who is I Am Black Harry, who was on the trivia show as well, uh, Brittany Noel, uh, B underscore Noel Fitness, Chanel Williams at Chan Wills, uh, Nikki, who is at Magic Paradis. And Brianna, who is at Stitches and Spells, and then Gerard Oliver, who is Dapper Minister of Magic. So stay tuned to that. Uh, stay tuned for that post coming to our social media channels. Um, but yeah, so to start wrapping this up, we also got a little bit of feedback from our listeners. We reached out asking them, uh, our black listeners, if they had any feedback here. Danielle said, growing up, I saw myself in Hermione and Angelina Johnson. As a kid, the way they were described physically in the books, I was for sure they were both black. I was very disappointed to find out Hermione was not black because I really identified with her. And then in terms of uh, how she'd like to see herself represented in Harry Potter, Danielle said, I would have loved to go further into what it is like to be a black wizarding family and what that community would be like. It seems like there were very few in England, so I would want to know that experience. Well, stay tuned, Danielle, because if Adriana and the rest of us get our way, we're going to have a whole black Weasley family and then we're going to be finding out. (laughs) Singa for Hire actually had a um, critical piece of feedback. Black people in Harry Potter? That's crazy, because people almost boycotted Hermione being black in the Broadway show. But you can't ask a transphobic billionaire in the hills of Scotland to write about something she knows nothing about. You're not wrong. <laughs> that part. Um, so <laughs> I, I do. I think 110%, we cannot continue to ask anything more of a person who isn't um, aware of the world as a whole. Um, but what we can do is move forward, like we've been saying this entire uh, podcast, and and demand 
for more representation, not only for Black characters, we need trans characters, we need gay characters, we need more Asian characters. Everybody needs to see themselves and be a wizard. Like, we're all magical. So why can't why can't we see that on the screen? Aw, that is perfect. That's a great thought. Anything else, Adriana, you want to discuss today? Want to make sure we... No, I mean, I don't have anything now add other than um one thank you for having me on um this has been an amazing conversation um i think conversations like this is need to be had more often um and i encourage you know everybody who's listening to be more aware of of that everyone needs to be represented. If you're part of a community that is always represented, um, a way you can be a good ally is to demand for representation of other people. Um, and let's just all work together and be in this together because, you know, if if that's what it's... At the end of the day, it's entertainment. And if that's what the masses want, they're going to give it to us. So we just need to be strong in speaking up and asking for these things. Um, as, you know, the old adage goes, closed mouths don't get fed. So we need to ask them to give us what we want. And you know what? I think we as a fandom are teed up to ask for more diversity. You know, WB is listening. They're a little desperate right now in a couple of ways. I mean, Fantastic Bees hasn't gone too well. So I really think that now, the next few years, is a great time to be speaking up and making sure WB notices because you really can get the fans rallied right now. What I love very much about the Harry Potter fandom is that we are so strong that we literally excommunicated the creator. Like, (laughs) you know, when you're, when you're just like, no, thank you. We took this from you. Like that's such a strong community. And if we can do that, like what else can we do? Like exactly, exactly. And this is my point. We like, we can see it working. We can see what happens when we get together and speak out. So that's why now is the time to be calling for more diversity in these stories. Adriana, where can people find you online? Um, so you can find me on Instagram as Bippity Boppity Broke. Um, and I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> Same exact way it's spelled Bippity Boppity underscore broke. Awesome. Adriana, and- something we ask all of our guests. What is your favorite book and movie, by the way? Oh, okay. This is a good question because they're different. <laughs> um, my favorite movie is Half Blood Prince. Okay. Um, it's because it's so emotionally charged, and it's really, um, it's the 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 movie where shit gets real, and you know <laughs> people so are right. they're really gonna have to deal with what you know the choices that they've made, and and it gets a little violent at that point, and it's it it's you can tell that it's getting to a climax. In it's the you know the rise um and i'll say my favorite book my favorite book is probably it's gonna be sorcerer's stone it's it's just it's the classic it's the beginning yeah. of of the it's where the magic starts and like it's never gonna be like the best story but it is where it all begins and so it's i i never want to like let go of the beginning it's the movie that i watched the most it's the book that i go back to the most it's where we fall in love with harry ron and hermione it's where we fall in love with this world um so 
it that's why it's my favorite I great answer yeah. that's love why it. sorcerer's stone movie is my favorite movie between that and deathly hallows part two i'm always tied up because it is the beginning and it's extra whimsical so the first movie is extra extra whimsical it's where we get the infamous so- scene where we're seeing hogwarts the first time i get chills every time i think about it john williams clanging and banging score yes oh yes the it's score the music it's where where we all connect to it um but i definitely hollows part two it's so heavy and it's so good yeah. and you're just like emotionally like i've it's probably the one i've watched the least amount of times and it's not because for for lack of loving it it's because i literally sob from oh, beginning yeah. to end yeah. and i'm like i just today i just can't be an emotional wreck <laughs> <laughs> i i still vividly remember being in the theater for that movie midnight release and just hearing people all around me crying like in surround sound everybody sobbing during we still suspect they were paid to do that right professional criers at every moment <laughs> no i didn't get paid where's my check for that it seemed that way in my group <laughs> so it it's it's rough. in the it's in my vlog um if you ever want to see any of the behind the scenes for um harry potter tournament of houses i have three vlogs on my instagram um if you go to to videos you'll see them they say you know part one part two part three um but and part three um me and luke the day before the day of the finale we decide what what movie haven't we watched enough which movie haven't we eternalized enough um so we order coffee and we watch uh seven part two and I kid you not, from beginning to end, we sat on that bed and just, like, cried. Because it was just, like, such a cool experience. But also, like, this movie is so good. And then, like, then we started laughing because we're like, look at us. Two Harry Potter nerds. Just... Wasabi profusely. This is like the seventh time we've seen this movie. Yep. And like we're still like, ah, Harry's brave. <laughs> oh yeah. Amazing. No, we've all been there. So I don't want to go over over time too much, but I do want to know. Everybody has different opinions on what they want. What do each one of you, what do you want to see going forward? Do is it do you want to see a TV show? Do you want new movies? A cartoon? What do you see for the future of Harry Potter? I'll tell you exactly what I want in one breath. Reboot the Harry Potter books as a TV series. That way we would get everything in the books. And there's tons to work with, obviously. They could add so much that we never saw in the movies. So that's all I want. I want a an inexpensive... <laughs> that's a joke now these days. Hogwarts Hotel. <laughs> Go, take classes, be part of the experience for a weekend, whatever. At least a quarter of the cost of Universal tickets. Like, let everybody in. Let them go to Hogwarts. Oh, my God. That would be... Talk about tears. Oh, my God. I would cry the entire time. Andrew, when you said you were going to do it all in one breath, I thought you were going to say, Dumbledore's Astronomy Tower of Terror. Well, the, the, (laughs) the whole... The whole... Uh, I do have a theme idea. park ride. So, Adriana, you're a big Disney fan. You know Tower of Terror. I think they should do a Dumbledore's Tower of Death. What do I call it? Astronomy Tower of Death. Of terror. Like it, it, yeah. it, was a, it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you fall like Dumbledore, but then you go back up <laughs> and you fall again. <laughs> I'm sick. You want us to relive Dumbledore's death I'm sick. every time we ride this ride. I'm sick. <laughs> Sir, seek help <laughs> he does have help he has us we we boost they him. encourage like, yeah, us great yeah. idea are, buddy are we good help though 
we're not better help. I think so. He's got to seek better help. Oh, that's a nice <laughs> reference to one of our sponsors. Real quick, guys. I had an idea. We don't have to use it. I thought, what if we did Quizich, but I asked Adriana last week's question as one other trivia kind of question, given that oh. she was on Tournament of Houses. You okay you know being I'm put saying? on the spot like that? I just thought of it. I'm, o- I'm okay with it. I I like answering trivia questions. But hold on, Laura Laura didn't get in her idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, we yeah. can do you know when Quizich comes, we'll do the whole thing. But I just thought of that. I'm gonna sound like a broken record to like all of our listeners and to Andrew and Eric, but I really want, you know, the TV show, obviously. But I think that the survival of this f- franchise depends on the decision to let other creators into the sandbox and play with the story. I want to see something similar to what Disney has done with Star Wars in terms of letting other creators in. I want to see something similar to what the MCU has done in terms of letting multiple people come in and help tell the story and shape future narratives. That is my dream scenario. I don't know if we're going to get it, but it's really what I want. And I talk about it all the time. (laughs) I 110% agree with Laura. Um, I want it to kind of be an MCU situation. I want you to give us some more movies. And I also want us TV series. And I need them all to like coexist and like work within each other, but all be different voices. I more specifically, I would like a show that's about what the other kids were doing during the Harry Potter series. <laughs> like, and I just think it'd be a fun, like a comedy almost, but uh, like, like li- literally like, oh, you know, those three weird kids that always get in trouble. Yeah. I don't know about them. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, Puffs, like but, an adaptation like, of, have you seen Puffs the play? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> I would, I would love that. And like, it could have cameos, of like the three main characters, but like, I don't want the show to be about them. I want the show to fully follow another storyline of some other magical things that was happening and other maybe like little, you know how like when you play a game, you got the big boss, but you got a bunch of side missions. Yeah, side quests. I want to see others. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I want side quests. I love that. Of like other thing, like, they over there fighting Voldemort. Meanwhile, you know, we try to do X, Y, and Z. Meanwhile, things yeah. are heating up at the Gobstones Club. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or like final exams got canceled because of the Chamber of Secrets being open. What were yeah. the seventh years supposed to do? <laughs> like they're trying to graduate and they're like, There's the oh one my study God. bug that's really upset about it besides Hermione. <laughs> and I also think it could be like an anthology, like yeah. where it's not, it doesn't follow one story stories just like a bunch of different stories i would like that as well absolutely great idea great idea well hopefully you know hbo max they they need ideas so i think i think this would be a great one listeners we'll put adriana's instagram and tiktok handles and links in our social media channels and in the show notes please do follow her this has been a great discussion thank you so much adriana this has been really really special you've been fantastic And if you have any feedback about today's discussion, you can contact us by writing or sending a voice message to mugglecast at gmail.com. For voice messages, just record the message message using the voice memo app on your phone. You can also use the contact form on mugglecast.com, or you can leave a voicemail on our phone. The number is 1-9203-MUGGLE. Okay, now it's time for Quizzage. Welcome to this special edition of Quizzage, where first 
we are going to be asking last week's question to Adriana, who led her team Hufflepuff to victory on Hogwarts Tournament of Houses. Adriana, are you ready for last week's Quizzage question? I am ready. It's a question from Deathly Hallows. In Deathly Hallows, Hermione suggests two spells for Ron to use when it's raining inside Yaxley's office. What are the two spells? Benite Encantado. That is one of them. Ooh, I don't you know. can pass. It's okay. I know one of them is. I'm impressed you got one. What's the other yeah, one? Yeah, I wouldn't have known either one of them. So <laughs> you did way better than I would have. <laughs> I feel like the moment you say it, I'm gonna be like, ah, I know it. Yeah. Um, I so a, a bunch of the the contestants on the show also feel like they put like a charm inside of each question that removed more knowledge from your brain. <laughs> oh, because like because we like legitimately afterwards people we were like if you asked us anything we'd be like what yeah like yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, a high-stress environment too you got the lights yeah. the oh, cameras absolutely. helen mirin like i would i would totally blank on everything so here's the paragraph from page 244 of harry potter the deathly hallows try finite incantatum said hermione at once that should stop the rain if it's a hex or a curse and if it doesn't Something's gone wrong with an atmospheric charm, which will be more difficult to fix. So as an interim measure, try impervious to protect his belongings. The answer is finite incantatum and impervious. Okay, so I got half point. You got you did. right away. You were like, okay, that's one of them. Nice, yeah. yep. nice work. People who did submit the correct answer to last week's quizage include Landon, Bort Voldemort, Miss Mel, Pata. The Cactus Returns, Must Be a Weasley 92, A Lost Packet of Drupal's Best Blowing Gum, Me 2010, The Evil Weevil, Run, Remus John Lupin, and Buff Daddy. <laughs> Love Buff Daddy. <laughs> Congratulations uh, to all of those winners. And here is a question for next week. In honor of Black History Month, here's a question about one of Hogwarts Black characters. How many Quidditch matches does Lee Jordan commentate while Harry is at Hogwarts that Harry himself plays in? How many Quidditch matches Ooh. does Harry play in that Lee Jordan commentates? There's some pretty specific parameters. Adriana, let me ask you something. Whose quiz music is better? The TV shows who you were on or our quiz music? I think you guys' quiz music. Yes, take that, Helen Mirren. It's very <laughs> much better. I like your quiz music. Andrew's better. picking a fight. He can't win. Wow, that is the <laughs> nicest thing I think anybody's ever said about the show. Thank you, Adriana. We appreciate that. Yeah, we weren't fishing for that compliment at all. <laughs> I also have like PTSD attached to the show's quiz music. Oh. <laughs> Well, anyway, a couple of closing reminders before we say goodbye. Make sure you're following MuggleCast for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review if they allow you to. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Our username is MuggleCast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And keep an eye on those social media channels this week because, once again, we will include links and buttons to Adriana's Instagram and TikTok. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been so fun, so insightful. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Maura. And I'm Adriana. Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all. <laughs>